0: So yeah, here we are, everybody. Welcome to Faith in the Fast Life Podcast. We have Drew Loring with us this morning, and uh, I, I asked Drew before we got started um, you know what exactly it is that, that Drew does, because if you look at Drew's Instagram, what you'll find is that Drew does just about everything that is completely radical. Uh, I think it was a two-person kayak catching a wave in the ocean that I saw i've seen snowboard rips i've seen bicycle rips like uh if i dug a little deeper it would probably get pretty nitro circus on us and see him jump in a trash can or something at some point but we're I'm honored to help. have you yeah we're so honored to have you this morning thanks for joining us via zoom uh looks like you're in uh did you say Santa Cruz, California area?
1: Yep. Yep. Technically Capitola to be specific, but Santa Cruz area.
0: Yeah, I like it, man. We've had a, had a few guests coming out of that range. And um man, so so tell us about your career, like your action sports stuff. Like uh what what what's that look like?
1: Yeah. Um so man, it's been been a wild ride since um you know, I felt probably about Four years ago now, God just clearly calling me into action sports ministry, and uh, from being uh, raised in a small town, I hadn't gotten out much at that point and hadn't seen the opportunities and what people were doing around me. And so, to me, it was a foreign concept at that time. I was like, I don't think anyone's doing this. Right. <laughs> so it was—it's uh, been a crazy, crazy journey from there, and just uh, God's continuously, uh, continually just shown His faithfulness throughout that. Um, just in regards to that calling. But currently, um, I'm working with Snowboarders and Skiers for Christ International. It's an international mission organization, and uh, we exist to be the light of Jesus in the shred culture of skiing and snowboarding. So um, I've been working with them now for about a little over a year uh, as the Southwest Regional Director, so kind of oversee our operations from California to Colorado, New Mexico, Arizona, nice. that whole territory.
0: Man, that's awesome. So tell me, so, uh, you know, that's where you are now. Tell me about Drew growing up. Like, where? Yeah. Did, how did you get into these sports? Like, uh, let's get the background of this.
1: Yeah. So um, I grew up in Sacramento for the first 10 years of my life. Um, didn't really do anything extraordinary, maybe skateboard, skateboard down the driveway every once in a while. Um, that was it. And then moved to the mountains of Arnold, California. The heart of the sierra nevada kind of between yosemite and lake tahoe um also kind of the middle of nowhere but a really beautiful middle of nowhere moved there when i was about 10 and uh fell in love with snowboarding right away once i was there um yeah i think that was about fourth grade that i started and just was hooked um i was homeschooled at one point in middle school uh not for snowboarding for other reasons but uh i was like wow now i can snowboard every day and then after that, I was like, I got to figure out how to do this more. And so growing up all through high school, um, I did independent uh, studies for part of high school. So I only had to go to school half the days of every week. And I worked on the ski resort in uh, the terrain park crew for the other half of the days of the week. So I was all through high school and parts of middle school. I was like three or four days on the mountain was kind of where where I was at. Um, and so that was snowboarding, mountain biking. I started started riding with my dad when I was younger and decided I hated going uphill and only wanted to go downhill. So (laughs) That's Uh,
0: like the story of my life too on a bicycle, right? Yeah.
1: (laughs) uh, I've grown to come close to enjoying the uphill, but still all about the downhill. So, um, Mm -hmm. that grew into a huge passion for me as well. Um, and then, yeah, you know, like you said, I I love to do everything. Um, I'm not great at everything. I like to say I'm really average at, every sport uh so I love, I love skateboarding dirt biking snowmobiling
0: everything love it yeah i'm a, i can relate to that but if if you were average i am definitely subpar at every sport <laughs> i try um but i enjoy trying all of them right like we've uh, really found a love for snowmobiling this last season and just uh, oh sweet yeah been, uh, been awesome back in the day when we were snowmobiling it was like ninety nine Arctic cat powder specials and we were basically <laughs> banging trail and then ripping through a field and it's just this whole new ball game so super cool. So you grew up uh you know going through school, you're doing these uh things, you're getting to work on a mountain, you're getting to ride three days a week. Um, what's that family dynamic look like? Did you grow up in the church? Like how did we get here?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, my parents are awesome. My whole family, um, extended family parents, all, um, just dedicated followers of Jesus, which is a huge blessing, um, to have that kind of support and that kind of upbringing those people around me. Um, so yeah, I mean, from probably the day I was born, I mean, I'm sure I was in church the week after. Um, and from there on grew up going to church and, uh, You know, it was, it was the classic thing of just, this is part of what I do. This is my routine, right? Like I I just do this, (laughs) my family does it. So I do it. And, um, I think once I got into middle school and probably started having some real like struggles with things, I started to really start to kind of, uh, ask real questions and seek a real God, um, more than just um, reading words on a page and saying, yeah, this is what I believe. This is who God is. It was like, Oh shoot. Like life's hard. Sin's real. Uh, I need a savior. Um, was that was kind of clear to me in middle school. And so, um, from there on I started to really, uh, have this burning desire to know who the father is and to, uh, to honor him and all I do. And, um, you know, that took a lot of trial and error and still does. Um, through high school specifically, it was a lot of back and forth, like, oh, like culture says this is okay. Uh, but God's Holy scripture says that this is how I should be acting and responding to, uh, things of this world. And so it was like a constant back and forth, just trying to kind of build that foundation of a faith in Jesus and obedience. And, uh, yeah, so it was, uh, I mean, it's still, of course, a journey for all of us and still on that. Um, but it's been a, been a wild ride.
0: And that's awesome. So, so middle school is kind of when you figured it out, I mean, can you, do you pinpoint like a certain, uh, experience where you're just like, man, like I, I need him. Like it's not just this, uh, cause we all go through the motions in life, like in whatever it might be, whether it's a job yeah. or whatever. So as a, as a young Christian going to church, like it's, it's just going through the motions and some point, God really got a hold of your heart and said, "You need to be here." What can can you identify that moment? What did that look like for you?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think overall it was a culmination of multiple multiple things, but the one thing that sticks out to me the most was I was at a camp and uh, I remember a speaker uh, talking about grace and mercy, and I, you know, i heard those words thrown around, but I had a very you know just bland understanding of them. Um, but he just simply put described grace as undeserved love. And that was like, for middle school me, that was like the clearest it had ever been. I was like, undeserved love. I was like, whoa, I really don't deserve this. Like I suck as a human <laughs> sometimes, a lot of the time. And, um, and God loves me despite of who I am, despite my shortcomings, my, my fears, my doubts in him. Um, all of this, I was like, wow, I really don't deserve the love that the father has lavished onto me and the love that is talked about in the Bible. Um, and that was when I was like, really like, wow, I, this isn't like a big deal. Like Jesus died on the cross for me, uh, despite who I am, despite who everyone else around me is that believes in him and calls him their savior. And so um, that was kind of a wake up call for me. I was like, well, this is like the most legit thing <laughs> that I can I can be loved despite all these things. Right,
0: and yeah, that's awesome. So, when you um, you find that out in middle school, you hear that being said, how does that impact the rest of like like being in the culture that you're in, right? Like being in snowboarding and and the passion for riding bikes and all that stuff. Because we have, and like obviously, you know, all these action sports ministries that are around that you alluded to earlier, you didn't realize was really happening, right? Well. We're all coming together to try to reach the unreached in some way. And as we've grown up in these sports, uh, you know, you grew up in snowboarding. Obviously, you see a lot of people who are are far from God. You know, at a young age, were you able to like help use that to influence? Like, how did that? What did that look like as you're doing what you love to do?
1: Yeah, um, it definitely was impacted that a lot. And I think from a younger age, kind of maturing through high school, it looked more like me trying to, um, you know, I would honestly say I was a little more legalistic with things um, for myself because I was like, oh, I got to get my act together if I'm going to be an ambassador of Christ. If I'm going to shine God's love in this community, I can't be partaking in the things that they're partaking in. Um, And so it was honestly, uh, looking back, I'm like, man, like where, (laughs) where was the love for those around me? It was like all just me trying to figure out how do I make sure that I... Um, I'm not compromising um, my values how do I make sure that I'm not um, kind of portraying a skewed um, idea of who God is and what it looks like to be a Christian and so that was kind of a big battle for me like an internal battle and battle with God of like how do I be in this community um, but not like completely submerged in this community, doing the things that they do, saying the things that they say, living these lifestyles. Um, Because I was definitely surrounded by a lot of gnarly stuff from an early age, I would say. Um, So kind of, it was a process of me being like, okay, this is how as a believer I should be acting. Um, And, So, and I put a lot of pressure on myself from a young age to, um, you know, walk, walk the walk, talk the talk, um, because I did have a more of a legalistic mindset and it didn't come naturally for me to go against the grain of what the culture was doing that I was a part of, because I'm just a young kid that wants to fit in. And usually I was around people that were older than me. Um, and so it was really hard. Um, but, um, you know, it's it was definitely a process I had to go through. I think in order to um, to make sure I'm separating myself from uh, from sinful activity, not as like a holier than now, I want to elevate myself kind of thing. But hey, this is not the lifestyle I'm about as a believer, um, and this is not how Jesus wants me to live. This is not the brokenness that Jesus wants you to live in. Um, so. Um, yeah. is de- I would say it was definitely a process um, that kind of started in junior high from that moment of like, well, this is the real deal. I got to take this seriously. And this is going to transform my life um, as I seek him and I obey him. So, yeah. so
0: I find it interesting, you know, that's a very young age to be there, especially like knowing how um, you know, these industries can be. Right. So at a very young age in middle school, you basically accept and you said you're just going to start walking and you call it a legalistic approach, but you know, you're still living in the world, but you know, devoting yourself to Christ and, and, and that walk with him. You know, that couldn't have been an easy transformation, especially as you come into high school and you're already hanging out with people that are older than you that we all know are doing things that uh, we're not glorifying to God by any means. Were you yep. always able to divert from that? Like, were you always able to stay away? Or was there moments in your life where where you got caught up in the world?
1: Yeah. Um, there were definitely, definitely moments of weakness where I did get caught up uh, in that lifestyle. Um, and it was never, I mean, even, <laughs> I wouldn't even say it was instant, like, gratification or instant um, satisfaction. Satis- is that how you it? <laughs> instantly satisfying (laughs) um you know like a lot of times you say like yeah like sin is satisfying in the moment but I had such a conscience about it that was it was just always on my mind that even if I you know if I had a moment of weakness and I stooped down I'd immediately feel shame feel guilt I was like this is not what God has for me this is not uh you know this is not walking in the light this is not the narrow path that I read about in scripture this is just getting off track um yeah from from a pretty young age I remember feeling that way anytime I would uh kind of go go my own way my own way um and so that was I mean that kind of led to the just a constant battle for for years as I was kind of developing in my faith I'm just like man like I like the culture that I'm a part of does this and I fit in really well if I do it with them, <laughs> if I follow it, like if I do what scripture says and what God is telling me to do uh, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm not going to fit in as easy. I'm going to stick out like a sore thumb and it's against the grain of what this culture says is, you know, valuable and uh and whatever. And so uh, it was always a back and forth, you know, it's like, I would have a slip up. I get so mad at myself. I'd be so hard on myself. I'd, I'd, you know, pray, 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 try to get right with God and then be like, okay, I got this. And then, you know, further down the road, I slip up again. I'm like, come on, dude. Like, (laughs) what are you doing? Um, and so it was definitely a battle of, um, just every day, just desiring to be transformed, uh, God and let him do that work in my life. And, um, you know, definitely did not come easy, did not come naturally. And, um, there wasn't a lot of other believers in my town that were my age. And so it was hard for me to, um, to relate to anyone. It was hard for me to feel like I had support, although I had great amazing mentors that were older than me. I was like, man, I just like want other people to be around me. I want other people to be snowboarding with me and a part of this crew that get it, that, uh, that can help me out, call me out when I'm out of line, um, hold me accountable, um, and do this walk together. So
0: that's, uh, the, the ability to stay in that. And even when we slip up, right, we all know we're forgiven. Um, and we're human. We're all going to make mistakes. So, but I still find it super cool that at that young age, you're able to stay obedient to that of you. Even when you, when you fell off track, you know, you felt convicted You know, I, uh, back to now, like, you know, even through my high school years and everything else, I think that I, I I honestly think I knew I was doing something wrong. Like there was that conviction there. I just wasn't as good at listening to it as you were.
1: Um, So with the
0: so going through all this, like, and, uh, you know, your snowboarding career and you're, you're working on the mountain, you're doing all that stuff. You're walking with the Lord. Like, would you say that that, uh, discipline helped you in your sports?
1: I would, you know, I would definitely say, so I can think back to a lot of times where uh, friends would go off (laughs) during snowboarding to go get high, go drink in the parking lot and stuff. And I'd be like, I'm just going to keep laughing until you guys get back. Um, And so, you know, from that viewpoint, I would say I definitely got a little more uh, experience in of actually snowboarding and not partying. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But uh, I mean, big thing is there's a lot of, I mean, just unhealthy substance abuse in the culture of snowboarding. And that's just, you know, nothing's healthy about that. Um, and so I'd say overall, I was able to lead kind of a more healthy lifestyle, uh, physically, spiritually, um, which was huge for progressing and, um, kind of staying focused and all that.
0: Yeah. That's, uh, I'm impressed that they went all the way down to the parking lot. It was like, for us, it was like the chairlift and, uh, right you know whatever whatever bottle of whiskey was in our pocket, and uh somebody yeah. had a bowl or something, so if you haven't figured out yet, drew, I'm a sinner it's uh it's it's for sure I made yeah. a lot of mistakes, and thank God that we're here today but um what um so fast forwarding now like you've obviously you've done all these cool things like you love riding mountain bikes you've you've done the snowboarding, you've been through it that. What did it look like to get involved with the ministry that you're currently involved with? Like, how did that come to be?
1: Yeah, great question. Um, It's like one of my my favorite stories of just like divine appointment after appointment that God, you know, allowed to happen to just demonstrate his faithfulness with this calling. Um, I'll try to kind of condense it a little bit. Um, it all goes back to I think summer of 2017 I was working at a summer camp here in Santa Cruz that I grew up attending and um, every once in a while I'd get a chance to bike with a kid skate with a kid Um, you know that wasn't the focus of the camp but we did have some skate parks and uh, kind of some bike trails and Every once in a while there'd be like one camper that was like into that stuff. And I was like, yes, my guy, like, or even girls sometimes were all about the skate. And I was like, we we're on the same page. We can we can have a good week. <laughs> um and so there was one time where I was just like, wow, like it hit me that having this common ground, um, just this shared hobby and passion was so huge uh for connecting with them. Um it just made it that much easier. It's like, you just like fast forward 10 steps in the process of discipleship or building a relationship when you have this common ground and respect for one another. And so one day I was just like reflecting on this skate session I had with some kids, just in my time alone with God, I was sitting there just like really thanking God for that. And like, like, wow, this is like really cool how you use these tools uh, to reach your children. And, um, just, he, the Lord put it on my heart so clearly that he's like, I want you to do action sports ministry. Like I want you to pursue that. And I was like, yeah, like I, I get that, but like, is anyone doing that? Is that a thing? Um, and he kind of put like on my heart, like camps that like kind of something like a Woodward that looks, um, that looks similar to Woodward, but with, you know, the whole, the Christian values and kind of bringing the summer, the typical summer camp vibes as far as, you know, having small group discussions, having cabins where you, uh, build relationships and have real deep conversations with the guys you're with and doing worship and hearing sermons. So he put that on my heart and I was like, "Whoa, this sounds really cool. Like I would love to either start something like that one day or be involved with something like that one day. Cause I don't think it exists right now. And so fast forward to the next summer, uh, Jake Kinney, uh, he invited me to come work at Woodward with him, uh, down in Hatch, California as a mountain bike instructor. And so I was like, yeah, sure. Like that's, that sounds awesome. You know, it'll be kind of a big adjustment for going from a Christian camp to, um, to this camp. Uh, but I was like, I'm stoked. You know, we did Bible studies throughout the weeks. There was a handful of us on staff that were believers. And so it was a really cool, uh, really cool scene. Um, but towards the end of the summer, he was like, Hey, like, have you heard of camp Royal? And I was like, and Jake knew nothing about like this dream that I had this vision from God. (laughs) And uh, I'm like, no, like what's camp Royal. And he's like, dude, it's like basically the first like faith-based extreme sports camp in the world. And I just like, was thinking of you when I was, I think he was either talking to Brandon, who's the um, founder of camp Royal, or he had just seen something online. He was like, made me think of you. I mean, with your working at a summer, a Christian camp and now this camp, like, it's the perfect combination. I was like, dude, did you have any idea that, like, God's literally put that that idea on art? And, uh, and he's like, well, perfect. Like, I had a feeling. And so uh, I was like, I'll, I'll hit up Brandon as they get closer to next summer and uh, see if they need any help. Wasn't even close to next summer. It was like the fall after working at Woodward. I was at a bike competition in um, Sacramento. And, uh I met Jarrett Brantley there. I think maybe you've had him on a podcast before. Um, yeah, both,
0: either, both Brandon and Jarrett both have been on the show with us.
1: Epic, yeah. Good group. Man, well-connected community. Um, yeah, so Jarrett, I met at this competition. We start talking while I was just like walking up from my laps. I take a break and talk to him for a little bit. And uh, we connected just about faith uh, injuries uh, as we've both had a – pretty long rap sheet of injuries unfortunately uh so we were just kind of connecting on those fronts and at the time he wasn't involved with Camp Royal um but it was a cool connection so you know we connected social media and everything stayed in touch a little bit and then a couple months later he was like hey man like I just accepted a job at Camp Royal I don't know if you've heard of it I was like bro I've totally heard of it like this is unreal (laughs) and uh and he's like we're looking for someone to come out and help with the build of our, um, bike trails, pump tracks and everything. And he's like, I just thought of you immediately and would love to have, like, have you come out to West Virginia, uh, to help with this this winter. I was like, this is, this is too good to be true. Like, this is not real. Like this is literally like the, like (laughs) camp roll is literally the, the dream that God put on my heart. And now I didn't even seek it out. And all of a sudden I have an opportunity to go be a part of the start of this beautiful thing. And, uh, So I kind of, I don't know, I kind of brushed it off. I was like, no, this is like, he's not, he's not, this isn't going to happen. And then he contacted me a little later. He's like, hey, like, let me know when you can come. We'll book your flights. And I was like, no freaking way. Like, this is, (laughs) this is real. Like, this is God's faithfulness right here. Like this calling, like, honestly stressed me out sometimes because I'm like, what (laughs) does it look like? Like, this is such an outside the box kind of thing. How do I pursue that? Like, how do I make sure I can make a living doing this one day? How do I? so many logistics that I'm just like, this does not make sense. And so this is like example number one of just God just leading me um, along this journey. And so went out, got involved with Camp Royal, got to help with the bike park build, and was just like, I'd never felt more fulfilled in my life. I was like, this is what it feels like to really pursue the calling, continue to be obedient to God in that, um, even though it doesn't make sense and is confusing. (laughs) And, uh, And so... I got to get involved with that. And I was like, yeah, like this is, this is a real calling. This is like, for sure. God, uh, is ordaining this. And so got to do some work with them for the next summers. And, uh, in the meantime, also I was attending snowboarders for Christ conferences, uh, which Jake Kenny also connected me with. Jake Kenny is like the man, he's the hookup <laughs> yeah.
0: friend. Like,
1: tell you what. If you don't know Jake Kenny, you gotta know Jake Kenny. Yeah. Um,
0: Jake's a good dude.
1: Yeah. And so, we uh he took me out to my first snowboarders for Christ conference, probably around two thousand seventeen, kind of at the start of all this happening and I was like, "Whoa, this is really cool like there's people people that are Christians and snowboard. I'd never met any of those people before, <laughs> you know and uh so we got to the conference, and I went from this feeling of being like no one does this thing that God's put on my heart, I don't think to meeting like two hundred people." that are passionate about Jesus, passionate about the snow sports culture and loving that community and are actively doing things like outreach in their communities. And so I was just like floored again by God. I was like, wow, God, like you are seriously just like making this like making this happen. You're just building up this dream, encouraging me, inspiring me um, as we go along. And so I, you know, decided from my first conference there that that was um, something I wanted to be involved with. And so just kind of stay involved with that community would go to their conferences. And then uh, I promise I'm getting like towards the end of this. (laughs) You're fine, man. Don't worry about (laughs) it. Story stokes me out. Um, And so I just went to the conferences, had connections there. And this last, um, last summer, so a little over a year ago, I had basically torn everything in my right knee like everything that could go wrong inside your knee was wrong with my knee uh, from a bike crash. And I have a bleeding disorder where my blood doesn't clot properly. Um, and so when I have things like that happen, it's like just elevates it to a whole nother level where it's like kind of borderline emergency. Like I got to get things going, like <laughs> blood transfusions and everything to make sure I don't just bleed out internally. Um, and so I, I'm in the hospital because of this injury. Like, <laughs> kind of, I went into the ER, I was admitted and I was in there for a few days as they kind of monitored things. And this was definitely not the first time I'd been in a situation like that. Um, and as I was laying in the hospital, I was just like, I was honestly pretty angry. I was like, God, like you've, made this calling so clear on my life, but I keep ending up in these hospital beds, unable to walk, unable to participate in uh, the sports that I'm a part of in those communities that you've called me to serve. It's Like what, what the heck is up with this? Why are you allowing this? Um, and, you know, I was just feeling a mix of emotions, which I'd gone through before, but this was probably the strongest one. Cause it was just like, wow, this is happening again. And I can't believe it. And uh, I've got a long road. Uh, recovery ahead of me. And so I'm laying there just questioning everything. I'm like, man, I've got to change my career. Now I've got to like change my whole lifestyle. Um, and cause this just isn't working out is what I was thinking. And, uh, I think on maybe the second day I was in there, I opened my email and had an email from, uh, from my now boss at snowboards for Christ. And he was like, hey, man, I don't know if you've seen this job position we have available, um, but I've had multiple people uh, send your name my way for it. I think you'd be perfect. I'd love to chat uh, for this. And I had actually had some people send the job description my way, and I kind of uh, just disregarded it because I didn't think it would work with my schedule at all. I was like, oh, that kind of seems like a dream job, but I don't think it'll work right now. (laughs) And so he reached out and I was like, well, multiple people sent it to me and multiple multiple people sent my name your way. We better at least talk about this. (laughs) And so it was this moment of just like, just a kind of a perspective shift as I'm laying there, unable to walk. I was like, I'm not going to be able to snowboard for probably like a year um, or mountain bike for that long either or anything. And I was like, but what if serving these communities and being involved in action sports ministry doesn't have anything to do with, how well I'm able to snowboard, how well I'm able to mountain bike, or if I can at all, <laughs> you know, of course it's a huge tool to be able to do that and go be um, a part of those communities by doing things with people. But I was like, even if I couldn't walk one day, like for the rest of my life, that still doesn't change this calling that like, this is a culture that I've grown to love that I have learned about Um and that I care for so deeply because I know the struggles that it doesn't matter if I'm not doing those things anymore because this calling from God just supersedes that, you know, it does, it has nothing to do with the snowboarding has nothing to do with my physical abilities. It has everything to do with who he's made me to be uh, because of where he's put me in those communities. And, you know, that's, the involvement doesn't, doesn't end at my, uh, at my physical abilities and the ability to serve doesn't end there. And so I was like, "Whoa, this is like, this is cool. <laughs> you know, I was like, this is a total perspective shift. Um, and I went from just being like really angry and confused, to like super content and just praising God uh, for just again, his continued faithfulness with this calling and just another divine appointment. Um, and so uh, so I took the job. I was snowboards for Christ and, uh, it's been a wild ride, but you know, I do it now and I'm like, I literally want to do this the rest of my life. Like I, it just feels so good being, you know, right where God wants me, um, knowing he's made me for this position. Um, it's just, man, it's a good feeling.
0: <laughs> right. All that, well, all that obedience, all those years of slips ups, the injuries, and then you're sitting in the hospital saying that I probably need to change my career.
1: Yeah.
0: And you look at an email and there's just happens to be the, the career change that he's God's literally yeah. saying, I've I've told yeah. you about this like ten times already, dude. Like what are you <laughs> waiting for? Right? There's okay, this is my last my last one, I'm telling you right now. <laughs> uh, man, that's good stuff. Yep, that's yeah, that's good stuff. So, man, as we kind of approach like the end of our time here this morning, and, and so stoked to have you with us, man. This has been great. Um, I always ask uh the podcasters that and what's the one thing that you want to leave with all the listeners? Like if there's one thing about Jesus, maybe there are people that you know are uh non believers, you know, maybe they're lukewarm believers. Um, obviously we want to reach the world with this uh this podcast so what's what's one thing you want to leave the listeners with
1: mm, man one thing might have to think about this for a second if that's okay
0: Yeah, it's all good
1: um man i have like a million things come to mind
0: right sometimes <laughs> it's tough to sort out just one
1: yeah right um man where's my shoot should have my bible on hand i wanted to read some scripture here um mind if i i'm sure you can cut this if i pull something up real quick yeah go ahead um second let's see Start for the stall here. No, you're good,
0: man. No worries. Shoot. Let's
1: see. Trying to pull up my favorite pieces of scripture here, James chapter 1. Um, yeah, one just, I mean, the verse that or the scripture that I come back to constantly. Um, when, I mean, (laughs) when I was laying in the hospital, questioning this calling, questioning if I need to change everything about my lifestyle and my career. Um, when I've, uh, felt like just things aren't aligning properly in a season, uh, where it just doesn't make sense anymore to, to pursue this where, you know, uh, in every situation in life. Um, and is honestly, even one of my, favorite pieces of scripture to share with people that aren't believers, um, because it's a reminder of the hope we have in Christ. Um, And it's James chapter one um, verse two says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it'll be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. Um, that's just huge to me. Um, just that reminder of that promise um, that just our faith The testing of our faith, when we're going through the fire, whatever that looks like for anyone, that is refining. It produces perseverance. It produces a stronger relationship with the Lord or a relationship with the Lord at all. If you're able to come to a place of this understanding and acceptance that Jesus is your Savior, um, you know, and he's... uh, He's faithful. He's he's faithful when you're laying in a hospital bed with no hope. He's faithful when you feel like you're the only one in a community that feels that believes in the things you do. Um, when you feel uh, tempted, when you fall into temptation, um, he's faithful. He's there. He's his forgiveness is for everyone in every situation. And the more you lean into him in those trials, uh, the more mature you get to come out in your faith. Uh, in the end. And, uh, and that's right where God wants you. That's right where I want to be. I know, um, is (laughs) being refined in those trials. I don't want to come out of that suffering feeling like I, you know, I look towards other things, um, to get me through, or I, uh, didn't have the right, the right mindset. Um, you know, I want to endure suffering with the mindset of, all right, look towards Jesus. He'll get me through this. He will sustain me, uh, and I might not know why I'm in this right now, but I'll know one day. Um, and I think that's really what what Paul is trying to get across in that in that scripture there. And that's just huge for me. And I know it can be for for new believers or non-believers as well.
0: Yeah, man, that's that's good stuff. So like I I like to think about that. Like if you think about steel, you know, it's a pretty hard hard material, right? But like when they build a sword, they forge it in the fire, right? Like it has to go in and they they actually have to beat it. They have to fire it. They have to, I mean, I don't even know fully how it works, but if you think about it, what it comes out with, it comes with this like raw kind of dark, you know, strong material. But when it comes out, it's like this beautiful, shiny, like perfectly done thing. Like that's the same thing, right? Like we're being forged in the fire. Like what he has us going through now is preparing us for what's coming next exactly um, and uh that's that's a huge thing man so hey hi, for all the listeners today Drew how can they uh follow you what's your social media you know tell us more about yeah. how they can get involved with the ministry that you're part of like to, tell us about that stuff
1: hey, yeah uh instagram if you want to follow me uh just look up drew loring i believe that's all my username is um if you want to learn more about snowboarders and skiers for christ uh check us out online at we are or shoot me an email at drew.loring at yahoo.com um or actually do this do the sfc one uh drew at we either one will work um but i'd be happy to get you involved wherever you're at if you're feeling like you want to see if there's a connection uh, within the the organization in your uh, hometown um but yeah reach out uh, reach out with, if you got questions about the ministry, if you relate to anything I, I talked about, if you got questions, if you feel, if you're in a hospital bed right now, feeling hopeless, yeah, <laughs> talk to <great>. me. Absolutely. <laughs> I to talk. That's
0: great. Uh, so yeah, reach out to drew, um, take a look at, uh, snowboarders for Christ and, uh, guys share this story. Um, we would love it for all the listeners and we know we keep preaching on it, but, uh, you know, follow this podcast, subscribe to this podcast, review this podcast, rate this podcast, um, and share this podcast with others who need to hear it. Maybe, maybe one of the listeners knows somebody that needs to hear Drew's story because um, they're struggling right now and they need to they need to realize that they're being forged, um, and that when they come out the other end, God has a mighty plan for them. So fastlifeministries.com and obviously Fast Life Ministries and all the social media. Drew, we thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you for being with us, man. Listeners, We'll catch up with you next week. Thank you for listening to Faith in the Fast Life, brought to you by Fast Life Ministries. If you enjoyed the podcast, please take a minute to rate, like, and follow our podcast page so you can be the first to see new episodes every Wednesday. If there's someone who came to mind during the podcast,
1: please send this to them. People like you sharing the show really helps us to get God's message out to a wider audience. Visit FastLifeMinistries.com to give to our podcast and keep us running. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day.